Polya Conversations. Brought to you by BMAS 109 FRU Political Economy in Broadcast Media. Join in on the Polya Conversations. Hello, hello, and welcome to our dear listeners, the screen. And Vixie, welcoming you all to another episode of Polyec Conversations, the podcast where we dive into current media happenings and analyze it under the lens of political economy to make better sense of it and its significance in our daily lives. With this podcast, we aim to contribute materials for media literacy na talaga namang napakahalaga, lalo na ngayon that we are living in such a media-saturated world. OMG, polyeg on this and polyeg on that. Wait a minute, medyo nakakawindang. Kaya naman, before we start discussing anything else, explain muna natin kung ano nga ba itong polyecon or political economy of media na star ng ating podcast. Basically, in analyzing media through political economy, we are looking at power and its relations. Kung paano naiimpluwensyahan at hinupubog ng state, politics, capital, at trade among media products in this case, from production to distribution and even consumption. Now, before we proceed, a trigger warning for our listeners because this episode would include sensitive topics like physical and sexual abuse, mental health, and eating disorders. Yeah, and with all that taken care of, plus the introduction of the star of our podcast, Polly Econ, kamustahin muna natin yung isa sa mga co-stars ng Polly Econ. Miss Corrine, how have you been? Oh, so thank you for that very wonderful question. Char, ito, nilalaman na ng final season, ano? Buti na lang din talaga na this June ang daming comebacks and just new music in general in K-pop we trust talaga. Ay, very true, Miss Corrine. Recently been getting into the K-pop swing of things rin. Di ko na ma-fight yung feeling eh. Ang fun nga lang din talaga to follow their activities and such. Yung panoorin silang mag-perform on these extravagant stages wearing such pretty clothes. And watch them on variety shows. Pati nga yung mga behind the scenes ng mga photoshoot nila, pinapanood ko na ata eh. <laughs> Same, sobrang glamorous lang talaga ng everything. Grabe, nakaka-inspire talaga sila to watch. Minsan tuloy, gusto ko na lang talaga maging K-pop idol. Wala pang auditions right now. Ready na ako magpasa ng headshots ko. Ay, wow! Although, sure ka na ba dyan, Miss Corrine? Because as much as the life of K-pop idols might seem like so much fun, di ba? From the performing, modeling, and meeting adoring fans, that really is not all that it entails. And that's what we'll be tackling in today's episode of Polyec Conversations entitled, So You Wanna Be a K-pop Idol? The Commodification of the Labor of K-pop Idols. Ang smooth naman ang segue na yun, ha? Like butter. <laughs> At ayun nga po, ano? today we will be getting into the political economy of things by looking at being a K-pop idol as an occupation. After all, kahit parang ang layo niya in terms of what we would normally think of as an occupation, K-pop idols are employees too. Tama! And just like other employees, you would have to go through a hiring process. As you've mentioned, may pa-auditions. And then when you're hired, there's the training stage pa. 
And for K-pop idols, this is a really crucial, difficult, and usually long part of your journey. You don't start out as a K-pop idol talaga because you need to become a trainee first. Kaya nga ikaw natanong kita kung sure ka na sa gusto mo. Kasi yung training talaga nila, it's no joke at all. Are you willing to move to South Korea and share a dorm with your co-trainees? How about giving up your love life, especially when you get accepted for training, which happens to last for years depending on your agency and your progress? There are a lot of articles nga and documentaries na nagre-reveal ng mga real happenings during the trainee years ng mga aspiring idols. Oo nga eh. Actually, ako din, I've read some articles about that. Usually, pre-teens ang auditionees na eventually natatanggap as trainees. Some of them give up their schooling while some try to juggle school and idol training. But I don't really know how they manage to do that kasi sobrang tight ng schedule ng trainees. Almost 20 hours a day kung mag-train sila. In this one confession I read, since she started as a trainee weighing 65 kilograms, she had to double her workouts. She even had a different one which was created particularly for her. And she had to eat less than her co-trainees. It's because part of being an idol is achieving and maintaining a particular weight. As you can see naman, diba, sa mga successful idols ngayon, all of them are very petite. That's so true. Nabasa ko nga rin eh na there's this one trainee naman who ate only an ice cube for an entire week. Kasi nga, she had to maintain a certain body type and weight. Tapos in between training, which is vocal and dance, and also in between workouts and conditionings, protein shake lang ang meal nila. Ang pinakamaayos na is kapag dinner. Either they drink another protein shake or they have yogurt. But if you ask about carbs, of course, wala silang masyadong intake niyan. But they believe in potato supremacy. Trainees can have at least one single fry. Oh, di ba? But if they're lucky, two potatoes with butter. Again, the weight and the body type. And not only that, They also need to maintain white and flawless skin, which is, to my surprise, hindi pala natural for all Koreans. Yung iba, sabi, they use several bleaching agents and other chemical procedures para lang ma-achieve yun. Hey, oh my gosh, parang it's a no-no for me. Just, pero yun nga kasi, hindi pa nga dyan natatapos. Another crucial aspect of being a trainee is not getting to communicate with their loved ones, as in friends and family. Sobrang sepangs noon, I couldn't even imagine. Guess what the reason behind this is? To maintain their competitive spirit once they debut. If now it's because of COVID that we're forced to stay at home, there are trainees that are not allowed to go anywhere without their management's permission. And some allegedly don't normally permit their trainings to go out unless super duper urgent or important. Worse is, there are cases na kahit gaano kahalaga yung okasyon, hindi pa rin pinapayagan. And the defense of the management would be, it's part of the contract they signed. And what can we do about it? They're preteens, minors who have their hearts and minds set on achieving their dream of becoming an idol. And they write these details very discreetly and in a way na unnoticeable and uncontestable. Well, siguro at this point you can still consider pushing for your K-pop dream. But what if I share to you some more sensitive issues within the K-pop industry? 
allegedly sa sobrang strict ng ibang management lang naman, konting pagkakamali lang daw ng trainees, makakatkim na sila ng iba't ibang klase ng physical abuse, as in beating, sometimes even choking. And sometimes it's not enough that you train, especially for women. There are alleged cases ng ibang managements wherein the trainees are subjected into doing special favors for investors and advertisers and they mask this as a marketing strategy or a way of securing their spot if they really want to debut. Siguro even our listeners have trampled upon news or articles about trainees backing out because of this. Or worse. And it's all in the name of fame, which may I remind you, is not guaranteed even after all the years you spend in training. Grabe, ang intense talaga. At hindi pa nga natin napag-uusapan yung mga training survival shows sa lagay na yan, ha? Tama. Pero ayun nga, we understand na these are select, at times alleged cases and enterprises, and one might be thinking na, Pwede naman lahat because look at the famous K-pop groups now, di ba? And I totally get your point because that's valid. But that doesn't mean that this side of the story is not true. And honestly, it really needs to be talked about more. Ayan, tama ka dyan, Miss Vixie. Pero sige, let's say na pinagtiisan mo talaga. Mahirap yung training process. But you have successfully overcome it and reached the point of debut. Congratulations! You have debuted. Pero hindi pa dyan natatapos ang lahat. In fact, this is only the beginning. Mahirap ang preparations and mahirap rin yung actual promotions. You have your showcase, your music show stages, interviews, guestings, and the like. Super jam-packed ang schedule ng mga idols. Then once a promotion ends, tuloy pa rin ang activities eh. Usually talaga may saglit lang na break tapos prepare na ulit for a comeback naman. Pero, before man kayo mag-isip ng pag-comeback, kailangan muna maging successful enough ang debut. Kailangan munang kumita. And the thing is, diba, usually with the side that we get to see more of, ang feeling natin is mayama ng mga idols kasi sikat sila. Marami silang fans. They get to wear designer stuff and all that. But that is not the case for all idols talaga. For some, under really harsh contracts, they don't really get much compared to the company that manages them. The argument is that sila talaga yung gumastos for the idols to sustain them and promote them. Kailangan din nating alalahanin na not all companies are big and not all groups are able to make it big. Essentially, may notion na the rookies, the idols, will now have to pay the company's back first. Kailangan may returns muna. Grabe, isipin mo yun, no? You've given your time, your youth even, and your hard labor. As in blood, sweat, and tears talaga. Pero yung sweldo hindi certain. And on top of that, yung working conditions nila hindi rin naman great all the time. Grabe yung hours, yung workload, and yung health mo talaga in all aspects, physical and mental. Tapos yung dieting on top of the load. And yung pressure to maintain your image as a public figure, coupled with the rules set by your management na varying in terms of degrees of strictness when enforced. At ayun din nga, ano, given that they are celebrities, young celebrities at that, na in the public eye, may mga safety and privacy concerns din talaga. 
Besides the outside threats to safety, allegedly, there were cases na yung mga staff members pa na nakakatrabaho nila yung nag-i-invade ng privacy nila with photographs taken and distributed without their consent. Grabe! Totoo kong mahirap rin ang trabaho ng mga K-pop idols. Matindi yung mental toll and of course yung physical toll nga as they are performers. They themselves are their instruments and it's hard for them to do their job when they get sick or injured and may mga ganong hazard nga talaga. I agree. It truly is hard work and the industry is really not perfect. Phew. Pero wait, let's take a breather muna siguro no? before we move on to the next part of our episode. Kahit na baka naging very discouraging sa mga aspiring idols yung discussion natin, ano, we don't mean naman that the industry is just bad and beyond amendment. Looking to submit my audition vid pa rin si ate mo, girl, chas! Okay, so humor me muna, Miss Vixie. Say that you are a part of a K-pop group. You've gone through the training, you've debuted. What do you think is your position within the group? Main vocal ba? Dancer? Rapper? Center? Or visual? Well, if you were to ask me, well, no judgments ah. Like, I'm free to choose kahit ano. Um, feel ko I can go for main vocal or dancer. Charot! But that's just because I like doing both. Pero syempre, kung isa lang ang pipilihan ko, I think I would go for being the main vocal. And the visual? Wow! In my dreams. Well, ikaw, how about you, Miss Karine? Bagay naman sa'yo, Miss Vixie. Ayun, pero uh, if ako, leader talaga, which char pinili yung sarili niya. Uy, pero no joke kasi, ang pagiging leader na isang group sa K-pop, it really is a role that they have to step up to fulfill. Though, same as you, I think main vocal then, tapos aspiring lead dancer, ayan. <laughs> Wow! Sample naman dyan! Ay! Pang next episode na ata yan. Kaya tune in kayo next time, friends. At gusto nyong marinig ang golden voices namin ni Miss Vixie. So ngayon ay move on muna tayo sa latter part na ating episode. Main vocal and visual, Miss Vixie. Take it away! Yan! With that, I think we can proceed to the theoretical part of this discussion. Medyo serious mode muna tayo, friends. If we were to dig deep into these issues in the K-pop industry, saan nga ba ito babagsak lahat? As we mentioned earlier, we are going to look into the polyecon side of K-pop labor, specifically how idols are being commodified all throughout their journey to stardom. First, let's put the word commodified in simpler terms. It's the process of turning anything, any object, even actual people in this case, into marketable products. In exchange for that product na ginawang available sa market at pwede nating bilhin at a certain value or price, merong natatagong process and system sa loob niyan na we barely know and talk about because we're more focused and concerned sa kung paano magiging useful sa atin yung product and how we could make the most out of what we paid for. Diba gano'n naman? Tama. And for Karl Marx, commodities arise from a society's cultural, social, and physical needs. The word commodity pertains to what is necessary for survival or for your day-to-day living. And in a capitalist society such as ours, a variety of goods and services are made to be commodities and we get convinced that we actually need these commodities. How far has it gone? 
Well, to the extent lang naman na an actual person and their labor ay nagkakaroon na ng exchange value or presyo. You might ask, anong masama dito? We get what we pay for. We pay for what works for us. But like what I said, we tend to turn a blind eye to Loy sa mga nangyayari sa process ng production. Before we can enjoy K-pop music, ano bang kailangan pagdaan ng idols? What do they really get in return after all the years they spend in the hands of their management? Tama! Para sa atin kasi, as long as we get to utilize the product, we're good! Besides that, kapag naging ganap na idols na sila, hindi na lang management yung may high expectations sa kanila. Pati na rin yung general public. From the way they dress, perform, and interact with the public, basically how they live their lives. It's as if utang nila ang buong buhay nila to these people. Di na natin nakikita how they can end up being treated as mere products and not living people. Have you ever wondered or even bothered to ask kung saan nga kaya napupunta yung mga kinikita nila sa concerts, sa merch, and yung iba pa nilang mga projects? And imagine how the idols would feel about their labor. They are often stripped of their humanity and just seen as products for public consumption. I know, grabe, ang hirap talaga. At sino pa ba ang nagbe-benefit sa gantong sistema? The obvious answer is the management, the capitalists who make these idols think that they are forever indebted to them. Not to mention that the fans themselves actually don't realize how they provide free labor for the management. We are aware kung gaano ka-intense ang fandom ng K-pop, which has both pros and cons. I would know, I'm part of it. So sobrang active, engaged, and passionate ng mga fans, parang na silang marketing team, and they do this without pay. Sila pa yung magiging product, and again, kumikita lang lalo yung mga kapitalista. True, diba? And the problem pa with all of this is how it is naturalized. The average person does not get to see these sides to industries in general. These are behind-closed-doors types of processes that get chucked up to just how capitalism works. You just get the product and you're barely given an idea when it comes to the labor that goes into it. Sabi nga ni Vincent Mosco, By naturalizing specific economic practices that reduce living labor to a factor of production, economics slips a moral vision through the back door. And that's the thing. Reviewing capitalism as the result of a natural progression of society gives us the skewed perspective that we are just living under forces we cannot control as if society was not the one who set it up. However, we are actually not powerless. In this discussion, we don't really aim to discourage anyone who aspires to be a part of this industry or any industry really as it is all under capitalism. Yeah, auditions and casting calls, here I come! Cheka! <laughs> Pero yun nga, ano, we chose to cover this topic to bring more light to it. Encourage people to cultivate discourse. Pag-usapan natin at tignan natin kung ano ang pwedeng gawin upang paigihin ang mga industriya na gaya nito. According to Garrett Stedman Jones nga, What we should say is that capitalism may be an inevitable feature of the world, but it can be controlled. Now, there is still debate to be had about this, ano, but all in all for me, don't tie us a notion that it can be controlled. 
magagawa natin ito ng paraan. Isulong natin ang cause for better, humane, labor practices, and working conditions, not just for K-pop idols, but really for all. Tama ka dyan, Ms. Corrine. Kaya naman kung may takeaway man tayo from this discussion, sana it could be showing the same amount of support, hindi lang sa mga hinahangaan nating idols, but for all workers in general. Dahil in one way or another, nakakaranas rin sila ng exploitation or abuse. I hate to say this, but we have actually reached the end of our episode. It has been one interesting discussion, and we thank everyone for joining us today. Again, this is Vixie and Karine, and this has been Poly Air Conversations. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to stay tuned for our next one. For other podcasts related to media and political economy, feel free to check out PCUP's Spotify page. Poly Air Conversations. Brought to you by PMAS 109 FRU Political Economy in Broadcast Media. Join in on the Poly at Conversations.